family-owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage, for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, Ford and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strong, President of Paradigm Security Services, and we are excited to be with you again today on Business Radio X. We're coming to you live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Atlanta studio located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. Each week, as always, we plan to feature businesses in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County and our general area around us. While all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security, and we'll touch on that and all related aspects of security through the course of each show. Our guest today, I want to welcome back Robert Long. He's the Vice President of Economic Development with Forward Forsyth, and um, that's uh, affiliate. That's part of the chamber, Correct. Forsyth, and uh, with his new position as uh, VP of Economic Development with Forward Forsyth. Got a lot going on in Forsyth County. Uh, we do. I mean, uh, our activity is uh, pretty strong. Uh, it's uh, a little slower than last year, but overall our activity uh, is very active. Uh, we have a very active pipeline of uh, opportunities looking in Forsyth, so we're, it's a very exciting year so far. Well, you know, with all that stuff going on in Forsyth, there's so much growth. I mean, that is just one of the places that's really growing. In fact, I tried to get my wife when, back 30 years ago when we were mm-hmm. building a home to in Gwinnett to, consider Forsyth because being from Roswell I knew where the next growth spurt was going to be after after Gwinnett I mean yeah after Gwinnett it would have been a great investment <laughs> yeah 30 years ago I'm telling you and that's what I try to convince her of but it just uh that didn't work mm-hmm. but uh just kind of so you so everybody out there knows the coming Forsyth chamber not only serves the business community mm-hmm. as a traditional chamber but it also the lead for entity and for economic development and tourism correct and as Forsyth County is one of the fastest growing counties in the U.S., it has the number one school system in Georgia and is the most affluent county in Georgia. Sure. Well, Forsyth County, as we, as we said, is one of the fastest growing counties in the U.S. What has precipitated this growth and, and how are you handling it? Sure. Well, I will say, uh, and I don't know if you're aware, you know, my master's degree is actually in demography, population studies. So, uh, you know, the stuff that's going on right now in Forsyth County you know, fascinates me because uh, it is definitely a shift that is going on. Uh, and it's not just on the, the workforce the population, but it's also impacting our new five-year plan and what we want to do as a community. Um, but uh, it's just a really exciting time to be in Forsyth. I mean, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of comparisons with us with Gwinnett, you know, uh, 20 years ago when they had this massive uptick in growth and, uh, you know, the diversification of their, uh, you know, population. Um, and I guess part of that is, you know, I think Forsyth Colony is also looking at, you know, what other communities who have experienced this have done and how we can do it a little different. Uh, and uh, and uh, I think it's just uh, it's an exciting time to be in Forsyth. Well, and mm-hmm. as counties grow and as the, as the, demographic change and as the growth moves to different areas 
you know, you, it's great to have models such as Gwinnett mm -hmm. that you can kind of look at, model, do things the same, some the same way, some different. Sure. And tweak things to well, where it fits your. You're right. I mean, there are counties, uh, including Gwinnett near us, that have been there, done that, uh, and so they can definitely be a, an opportunity uh, for us to learn. Uh, and that's always, uh, I think, uh, not a bad thing to do. Well, no, and because if you don't learn something mm -hmm. when you're doing that, then you're you're going to be behind. Sure. To start off with. And I think you can also see where decisions you make as a community today impact your community down the road you know 10 years 20 years and and that how you had a decision you thought was a good decision and like in Gwinnett they can probably look back 20 years ago that you know we wish we could have done things a little different and uh, and we try to use our crystal ball as well to you know what are the things we're doing today when it comes to our uh, unified development code uh, to our uh, you know uh, uh, you know um, you know the standards when it comes to building and uh, you know the landscaping and on your particular our corridors uh, you know uh, you know what are we doing today to make that, you know, the structures, things that are built today look good 10 years from now, 20 years from now as a community? Well, and, you know, using that analogy, the canvas, if you will, of Forsyth County was, you know, for the most part, pretty blank. Hmm? It was, you know, the old style Forsyth. Everything yeah. was had been there for years, very just rural. the way it was, very rural. And as you change, and we're going to talk a little bit about your five-year plan, that as you move forward, then you've got just your own canvas that you can pretty well paint it the way you want to. Sure. Well, the one thing I'll say is many people not re may not realize, you know, up through the 80s, you know, Forsyth County was historically one of the poorest counties in the entire state of Georgia. Even though we were part of Metro Atlanta, we were poor. And that had to do with the lack of interstate uh, and also the lack of rail. You know, we were one of the only counties in the core metro area that has no rail. And with no rail, historically, meant we didn't have any industry. Exactly. So uh, we, we were very small, very rural. Uh, we only were a little oddball in that we only have one city, which is the city of Cumming, and that one city is fairly small. Uh, and so, the, you know, the bones of the city of Cumming uh, are, were, you know, small compared to some of the other redevelopment efforts that are going around uh, uh, here they they have a lot more to work with uh, you know, whereas the city of Cumming, they're looking at you know developing a whole new town center uh, more similar to what swanee did uh, mm -hmm. in that they just don't have the bones with the current downtown which is basically becoming an administrative center uh, they're looking at we could read a new town center uh, you know to create that downtown environment and they're right. actually doing that right now and your one major business for so many years was really the lake yes uh, that's what generated every that's why people came to and through Forsyth was going to Lake Lanier. Sure, and I will say our side of Lake Lanier, I think, developed first uh, because if you were in the you know Absolutely. Atlanta, uh, our side of the lake was easier to access than the Hall County. And I think in, in, we would same thing. We had that crystal ball. We do things differently today on our side of Lake Lanier, whereas you were you know Hall having their development come later. You know you have Lanier Islands and uh, you know more marinas and things that are going on on the Hall County uh, side than ours. And so we're actually going to be trying to play catch up on our side. And I think there's also some great redevelopment opportunities on our side of Lake Lanier because you had a a lot of these weekend homes that were built in the 60s and 70s very large lots that some of that could be uh, you know uh, assembled and turned into a nice uh, you know some right re nice redevelopment opportunities on our side of Lake Lanier. Now I guess Baldridge is is coming. Correct. And so that was really the only major marina that y'all had was Baldridge and At it the was time. A, and it was a major sure and we do, still we, is. In northern part of the county we do have uh, Port uh, Royal now uh, it's, it's been a great success but I, I think there are you know 
you know, with having over a thousand, uh, uh, you know, miles of, uh, you know, uh, of shoreline, I think we really, I'm uh, sorry, hundreds of uh, miles of shoreline, I think there's some great opportunities for us to, uh, you know, grow that more. I know one of the opportunities we've looked at is with the city of Cumming, as uh, they have a whole peninsula called Mary Alice Park. That's, right. you know, uh, I think that's just really prime for a redevelopment opportunity. And that's one of the things that was pointed out in our new five-year plan. Yeah, and they do a lot of the swimming events and mm -hmm. stuff from Mary Alice. Uh, I know when I was up there at the Coast Guard Auxiliary for so many years, we did a lot of activities around Mary Alice, uh, working with the uh, the different swim teams sure. and the county. But you basically have engineer. a you know hundred acre peninsula that's uh, at this point really undeveloped. Under, undeveloped. It's a, really a blank canvas. I think that would be a fantastic opportunity for a resort conference center type of development with a marina mixed use development. I mean, it could be a, turn into a fantastic opportunity that we're going to look at evaluating what our opportunities are there. Absolutely, I think it would be an awesome thing. I know Forsyth was recently recognized for having the fastest Asian population mm -hmm. growth in the U.S. How are the different the demographics changing within your community? Because uh, they're they're changing all over. Sure. I mean, yeah, it's not it's just unique to us. I mean, all the counties in, uh, you know, the, the metro core are experiencing particularly a lot of, uh, I guess, immigrant population and growth that are going on in their communities. I think it's right now more pronounced right now and just the, the volume of the growth that's happening in, in Forsyth. You know, as a community, we're about 19, 20 percent uh, minority of that, about 12, 13 percent of that is the Asian population. And of that, uh, it's really the Indian population and then to a certain lesser extent, the Korean population. Uh, and one thing I'll say with the Asian population uh, is this is a very affluent, highly educated Indian community that's really driving our tech sector, our technology, uh, as to a lesser extent our health care. Uh, and so uh, it is, you know, in fact, I would argue that our technology that's a very, still much very burgeoning in, in the southern part of our county, uh, it would not be where it is right now without that Indian influence that moving into our community. And to that point, uh, we recently had uh, Patel Brothers just open up the, what is now the, currently the largest Indian grocery store in the entire state of Georgia uh, that has opened up in our community. Uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic asset to our community, but it's not just the grocery store. You know, they developed the whole shopping center, so it's going to be basically they have opportunities for 20 additional uh, you know uh, businesses that are focused on the Indian community to co-locate with them uh, and uh, you know I actually had there it's a company called Raja food out of uh, Chicago that I had a that's the developer and I had a chance to meet with them and they're just fantastic people to do with so I'm really excited they just opened it uh, just a short time ago our senator Dolezal all uh, was there for that grand opening uh, and it's just a really exciting development for us well and one of the things we kind of talked about uh, before the, before the show is you know the importance of taking these communities which have a tendency to kind of become very cultural within mm -hmm. their culture that's their primary objective is developing within their culture and getting them to expand and, and, and expand their business reach i guess sure. to the rest of the county is a very important thing and i know that's what the uh your position and the position of the chamber is is let's make this inclusive to where sure. we and help it, you and it's a process it doesn't happen overnight Absolutely. because like anything else you have to develop a relationship but then but you know that you know relationship matures then you're able to talk more freely um you know, uh, you know, I, the international is run by me uh, out of the Chamber of Commerce, and uh, and we do have a lot of international investment in the community. Um, but I've tried to specifically get engaged with the Indian community. I know I attended the Indian Film Festival not too long ago. Um, you know, obviously we were involved with this grand opening for the Patel Brothers. Um, 
but I think you know our goal is to try to look for those opportunities to engage that community uh, and then to continue to try to grow that relationship and that it doesn't happen overnight uh, fortunately we do have a, a fairly uh, a, you know a, quite a few folks that are in that community we do have a relationship that's using that we're leveraging that to try to in interact with those folks as much as we can and to that point you know one of the things uh, we did earlier this year actually uh, we have a, our international engagement uh, group that does quarterly meetings uh, and we had a program specifically in Q1 of this year that you know focused on the burgeoning Indian business community uh, and uh, that turned into a very nice program we got some nice exposure in our local media over it um, but it's not something like we're one and done this is an ongoing process well, no it, it takes it takes time to mm -hmm. develop trust it takes time to develop that synergy and I, I know that similar with Gwinnett County mm -hmm. uh, especially within the CIDs is you know in particular that I'm familiar with that the push is really you know there and strong to help these people out so that and help help them understand that you know by opening up and being more diverse in your clientele your your customer base that it actually helps you to grow a lot Sure. And so the county benefits, the business benefits, and it's just an well, overall Well, one thing we win. do as a chamber, um, you know, we do a little bit of everything, you know. Uh, so we're dealing with your traditional economic development, going after industrial distribution, uh, office. Uh, but we also, as a chamber, we do retail as well. Uh, and so oftentimes when I meet with new retail companies that are interested in the community, and they sometimes will ask me that very question, like, what do we need to do to be successful in Forsyth County? Uh, and one of the things I tell them is, you know, there's very few businesses that are doing a good job of, you know, of targeting and marketing to that growing uh, minority population in general. Uh, and if you can do that and do it successfully, particularly if you look at our, uh, you know, our expected demographic change over the next couple of decades, uh, then you're going to be more successful as a business. And I would assume as a business, you know, money's green no matter who's coming in your door. And, uh, and with that becoming a larger percentage of our population, it would make a whole lot of sense as you as a business owner uh, to see what you can do to make inroads. Uh, you know, uh, I know I met with a jewelry store recently and I asked that same question. So I said, you know, maybe you want to think about offering some lines that caters to that community. Uh, in, uh, you know, because uh, that's going to help you as a business be more successful. Well, you know, you bring up a very good point, and I think a lot of people miss that, is it's not just about the Asian community reaching mm -hmm. out and include being inclusive. It's also about the rest of the businesses. Your existing businesses have been there for years, exactly, right? Exactly, reaching out to them and working together with them and, and seeking their business and seeking to help them. Sure. So it, it's a two-way street, sure. very much. And well, one thing I'll also mention, you know, we uh, – uh, we have our, uh, you know, we had a very excited announcement just a couple of weeks ago with Lieutenant Governor uh, Jeff Duncan. Uh, he was kind enough to be part of our ribbon cutting for digital initiation. Digital initiation uh, uh, has been and still is a co-working space. And if with that space, you know, um, you know, probably 70% of the people who are in that, you know, uh, using that space as co-working space, uh, are people who were of Indian descent. Uh, who you know uh, you know are, were in the technology sector took a separation package. They're they're entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, uh, you know and I, one thing I've found is generally the immigrant population, the entrepreneur spirit is uh, much more That's prevalent awesome. than the you know the the, the native born population. Uh, and uh, and so you know, our digital initiation co working space would not be where it is right now without that community. Uh, and that, that as a side note that we had him in specifically is uh, we we are announcing a new relationship with uh, digital initiation with Georgia Tech with what's called with ATDC which is the uh, you know business incubator for Georgia Tech uh, and basically we're announcing a new relationship so we're, we're we'll still have the co-working but now we have that layer of the incubator and the incubator means we, we're bringing in levels of services uh, when you need uh, accountants you need uh, you know uh, 
uh, you know, uh, attorneys' expertise, uh, marketing expertise. Because a lot of times these people have great ideas, but they've never run a business before. And how do you take that business to the next level? And Georgia Tech, with through ATDC, is going to provide those resources. They already have office hours every week now uh, to help those folks be successful. And I think it was just a fantastic announcement. We were really delighted to have the lieutenant governor in town for that. Well, and it's all about, you know, you've got great ideas. It's all about you may not have a clue of how to actually make it happen, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of people around you that do. Sure. So it's, it's working with those people. And, and my experience is, like here in Gwinnett, you've got people, especially through the chamber, that are more than happy to step up and help, help you to make that idea come sure. to reality. Um, for Scythe County, now we talked about uh, a little earlier about the school system, mm -hmm. and you're, it's an outstanding school system, I'll say that. What is the Forsyth County School doing to balance the growth and equality? Well, I mean, one of the issues you have as a community when you're growing, uh, you you end up having an overcrowding situation before you're able to bring that new school online to relieve that. And at least for us, as soon as you build that new school, it's basically already practically full. Uh, and so uh, we're definitely, uh, it's, a, it's a process. Uh, we did open two brand new high schools this last cycle. So we went from five high schools to seven. Uh, we opened our sixth traditional high school, which is Denmark High School. Uh, and and say so they start with the junior and sophomore, and then they'll build up to the senior class over the next couple of years. And then one of the other things that was very exciting, they opened up what's called the Alliance Academy for Innovation. Uh, it is our first countywide high school. It's not a, a magnet high school in the traditional sense that people may be familiar with, but they have some very unique pathways that that Alliance Academy is offering that is not replicated uh, elsewhere. And sometimes these programs, uh, there's a more capital cost associated with de developing those, that curriculum into the program to do it successfully uh, that you, you do would be very difficult for a community to replicate. So, for example, they have an aviation pathway. Well, when you're looking at flight, flight simulators, uh, you know, to support students who are interested in becoming a pilot, that's very expensive. And so we have that there at that school. We have a mechatronics program, which I think I personally is very excited about because, you know, when you talk to our local manufacturers, you have a very much an aging workforce when it comes to the maintenance positions, which are people who have that electromechanical uh, inclination um, you know they were expecting about 40 kids with this very first year they ended up with over 100 and I think that has to do a lot with our efforts over recent years uh, you know where we've had a national manufacturing day where we actually have these high school kids uh, get into manufacturers uh, and over the course of the day they get to do a tour of four and they get to see what a modern manufacturing plant is and oftentimes their vision in their head of what they think a manufacturer versus it is today uh, you know uh, it's uh, pretty exciting because uh, you have companies that are uh, you know, they've implemented robotic cells. Well, a lot of these kids are on the robotics team and they get to see a real world application of how those robots are being implemented in a real life situation through manufacturing. The other program that I'm really excited about the Alliance Academy is the cybersecurity. To my knowledge, we're only the second high school level cybersecurity program in Metro Atlanta. Uh, and that's a very exciting program for our, uh, the growth of our technology sector, because oftentimes the folks, uh, you know, right now, you know, tight labor market across the, you know, little, not Metro Metro Atlanta, really around the, the country at this exact moment. Um, people were looking at that, you know, not the current workforce, but also that pipeline. What is the pipeline in your community for us to be successful long term in your community? And having these pretty exciting programs at the high school level that are feeder programs for Lanier Tech and UNG, University of North Georgia, that can then turn into ultimately employees uh, is very exciting. Well, I had Melvin Everson on here not long ago with Gwinnett Tech. And one of the biggest things that I think is important nowadays is, is, is to get the information out there that it's not so much necessarily a four-year college degree that some kids want. I mean, it's not that that's not their bag. That's not their forte. 
and the idea of being able to develop these skills mm-hmm. and you know welding anything but like you say the electronics getting into this area instead of focusing on that the need is so great for well, these one companies thing coming you, in. You've seen it's not just this new. This has been happening for decades. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, mommy and daddy has told little Johnny they need to get a four-year college degree. Yep. You can't uh, get anywhere and, if you don't have four years. And and and, and the, nothing against the, those four-year institutions, but there are some fantastic opportunities with just an associate's degree. Uh, and so I think now that there's been lots of articles in recent years with the uh, uh, you know the, you know people graduate with just a tremendous amount of student loans that's going to take them. Exactly. likely decades to pay off people are thinking well you know well if i went into this welding program i could probably go for free uh get real life work experience while i'm pursuing that program and graduate with basically with a guaranteed job in some cases if you're with overtime you're making six figures as Absolutely. a welder uh, and i think folks are starting to understand that uh, you know four-year colleges has a place but there are some fantastic opportunities with us, with Lanier Tech or the other technical colleges in Georgia. Uh, and I think folks are starting to, to understand that, uh, that. And even like with the technology uh, in some of those companies, you know, and oftentimes, you know, they don't really care if you have a degree or not, that they want you to demonstrate that you can do the, you know, the coding that they're looking for you to do. And if you can uh, get the associate's degree and then get the certification associated with that, then they're more willing to hire you and they don't are necessarily looking for, or I guess it may be a preference, but it's not a requirement anymore. So I think even a lot of the companies are starting to understand uh, that, uh, you know, they need to broaden their horizons as well. Well, and a lot of the companies are willing to get in there and like you say, pay for it. Uh, with uh, with the idea that you're going to come to work for them, they'll train you to do what they need. Sure. Which is exactly what some of these kids need, and they really it piques their interest. It pe- that's where their desire is. Their desire is maybe not be to be a doctor or mm-hmm. a lawyer or something like that, which we need. But we also need all of these people in these technical. Sure, and of course, I you know I, you know I have two daughters, thirteen and sixteen. Uh, I've been trying to let them know that uh, I want you to think about what you'd like to do, and then we'll work uh, you know work on what you need to get there. Absolutely. That may or may not involve a, a four-year college degree. Uh, so I, you know, I'm starting to do job shadowing my oldest daughter, uh, looking for opportunities local for her to you know be exposed to some of the, our local companies in our community. But then I said, at the end of the day, you may say this is not for you, and that's that's a still it's okay. le- that's a still learning process because you and I probably both know folks who uh, you know pursued a degree uh, and then after they got a degree that they really didn't like what they were doing they were going to totally then they go back field. to school yeah. uh, you know and so I think you know, having a better a clue for what you'd like to pursue and then how do you get there I think is a fantastic I know one of the very exciting things uh, you know we're working on right now is a new partnership with the school system where we're going to be uh, co I guess uh, funding a position so it'll be a position uh, that'll basically be a coordinator position between the business community and the school system uh, so it'll be a chamber employee uh, that you know we're going to be uh, you know we're working on the uh, I guess the job description now will be advertised in that position very soon but that, that, that you know but it goes back to you know having a dedicated person who you know basically is that pathway between the business community and the school system creating those opportunities for interaction creating those opportunities for internships summer jobs and so forth so that when these kids do maybe go off to school they, they've developed a relationship with an existing employer in Forsyth County, and they know there's an opportunity for them to be employed after they finish school. Uh, oftentimes, you know, you know, kids go off to school, they don't come back. 
uh, and what can we do to develop those relationships while they're in high school so they know there are opportunities and they've developed some relationship with some of our existing employers. Uh, so we're pretty excited about this new program, uh, you know, uh, and the fact that we're partnering and co-funding the position with the school system, I think it's just very exciting. So uh, I'll stay tuned for that. I'd love to come back at a future Absolutely. point, uh, you know, and talk more about that once we get this person hired uh, and they have a much better feel for, you know, the, you know how they're going to do those interactions with the school system. Well, are, are any of them uh, uh, STEM based high schools that you've started um, well, that's still in the works? Like I said, there are many of the schools that, that uh, you know, have a STEM, uh, you know, a curriculum. Uh, and we, we do have one STEM academy, which is associated with Forsyth uh, Central High School. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our, our new high school, I just mentioned, Alliance Academy, uh, there are lots of schools around us, like including Gwinnett, they have a, you know, school for science and math, and it's a mm -hmm. magnet school focused just on that. Um, we did decided we didn't want to take that route uh, we wanted to be a little broader in our perspective so we don't have that true magnet school but we do have that program that does touch base and of course like i said you know most of our schools have a stem component you know obviously with us having a you know a, a, the most educated workforce uh you know uh, in our community and those obviously have kids in our school system uh they they have high demands and expectations for their kids uh, and many of these as i said already are working in the, the science and technology fields um you know I think there's a great opportunity. I said Forsyth Central is our STEM academy, uh, uh, but I think all our schools have a STEM component in Forsyth County. Fantastic. Well, you recently con uh, completed an economic development strategic plan. Mm -hmm. um, what were the findings and what kind of recommendations did you all come up with? Sure. Uh, you know, we work with a company out of Austin, Texas called TIP Strategies. We worked with them for upwards of probably eight, nine months to develop this new plan. We were very inclusive in, uh, you know, involving the schools, uh, involving uh, UNG, Lanier Tech, Forsyth County, uh, you know, Board of Commissioners. Uh, we wanted to, you know, cast a wide net because at the end of the day, this is not, you know, the Chamber's economic development plan. It is the community's economic development plan. So we wanted to make sure that we had the right people at the table to, you know, be part of the conversations to help, you know, shape this plan. And at the end of the day, our plan is really kind of twofold. One, um, you know, uh, we think there's a huge opportunity in the southern part of town to continue to grow that tech sector uh, in our community, that white collar corporate solution headquarters mm -hmm. type of opportunities. Um, and at the same time, even though that's been our strongest industrial base, uh, the land that we have remaining in South Forsyth is really becoming less and less conducive for industrial development. You know, industrial flex buildings have been our bed and butter, uh, but the cost of land has gotten, you know, to the point where it's not as conducive. So, one, we're looking at developing a new industrial area in the northern part of the county. So we have developed a, uh, you know, implementation committee, and underneath that we have several subcommittees. One of those is a development committee, and that development committee is exploring where can we develop a new industrial area, what is the role the county can play to make that happen when it comes to road water, sewer improvements, uh, those public improvements to make that happen so we can partner uh, with the developer to start developing uh, that in the area. At the same time in South Forsyth, you know, I think we're really poised to go after some, uh, you know, low-rise, mid-rise office product, three, four stories. Um, we don't have a lot of that in our community now, um, but with the uh, getting area to be the grand opening of the Halcyon mixed-use development right there at exit 12 uh, and we can help to you know they do have plans for a freestanding uh, office building uh, that's going to be a step in the right direction in that same time if you're going vertical with your construction over three four stories and you're able to mitigate that cost per acre uh, and then I think it much more becomes much more conducive for that office product in our community we're not known as an office market and it's going to take us a while to get there uh, but our idea is uh, we, you know the house yon use that as leverage to, to have those 
conversations with developers on the office side, uh, you know, to look at those opportunities in South Forsyth. And then I said, we've already got a development committee already in place now that's looking for opportunities for industrial development in the northern part of the county. Well, I think as transportation, you know, opens up, mm -hmm. uh, you've got, of course, 400. Uh, that was a was the best one of the best things ever happened. For, oh yeah, for that, was the, that was the game changer for oh, Forsyth absolutely. County. And there's going to be there's going to be more opportunities. I think eventually there's going to be the uh, some type of a rapid transit. Sure. Well, one of the things we uh, actually had a uh, um, uh, Secretary Chow in uh, town, uh, I guess uh, last year for a, a very large announcement with basically we're going to be building uh, what's going to be a Peach Pass lane, new lanes. It's not right. taking over existing lanes. It's new construction of lanes. Uh, that'll end in Forsyth. So it'll be all through North uh, Fulton. It'll end at exit 12. Uh, and that'll basically be a Peach Pass as well as BART, uh, Bus Rapid Transit. Mm -hmm. uh, and for us right now, we don't have the density to probably justify the extension of light rail uh, up into Forsyth County. That may happen at some point in the future. Uh, but the, the thing for us is to get people who have, they can come to exit 12, uh, hop on the bus, park their vehicles, uh, you know, take that bus on a very dedicated, uh, you know, lane that'll get them down to the North Springs, uh, you know, station, and then they can take Marty and the rest of the way. I think, you know, uh, you know, the one thing that I think that did come out of the bridge collapse on 85, it really did open up people's eyes that we really do need as a metro area. We do need to have much more of a strategic goal for how we want to develop mass transit, and mass transit does not necessarily mean you know, a bus rail. Or rail. Uh, it can be it can be lots of different things. Absolutely. Uh, and then, the particularly right for us, when you couple like the you know the automated driving vehicles, I think that is a great application when you have a dedicated lane, uh, you know, for that type of you know, product, uh, you know, service. That's a great application. So, you know, with North Fulton and the technology we have in South Forsyth, why don't we partner together to make that a smart mobility lane where we could have a, a you know test new technologies on that lane as well. Well, you know, there's just there's just so much development. It's just the the future is there, and mm -hmm. it's just going to be here before you know it. Um, we already talked about uh, the lieutenant governor coming in, mm -hmm. but you know, one last question: Forsyth County is one of the most affluent counties in the U.S., as you've mentioned mm -hmm. a while ago. What does this actually mean for the community of Forsyth well, County? Well, I, I tell people, you know, when you're saying you're the most affluent county, that into itself does not mean anything. But what is inferred from that does mean something. Uh, you know, right now, uh, you know, um, we are the 16th most affluent county in the United States. We have a medium household income now of over 100,000, and we're moving up. Uh, I find that personally a fascinating statistic when you think of, uh, you know, Washington, D.C., uh, Boston, San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, uh, New York. Uh, you know, for us to be the 16th most affluent county in the United States is a fantastic stat that most people don't think of when you they think, think of Georgia and you think of Forsyth County in particular. Uh, but it has to do with us having the most educated workforce. You know, uh, right now we're tied with Fulton County for the most educated. We have like, uh, you know, 50.2% of our populations have a, a college degree. Uh, but in the, with this new census, we will definitely be the number one. And, you know, we'll, uh, you know, uh, we'll be moving up uh, words on that uh, chart. Uh, and so when you have, a, I guess, educated workforce of folks that live in your community, I think they have certain demands and aspirations in your community, uh, and particularly for us to grow the tech sector, that goes hand in hand with a very educated workforce. Uh, and so the affluence, I said, by itself does not mean anything, but I think it does impact your education. You know, we would not have, if we weren't the affluent county, we would, we would not have the number one school system. I would easily argue that's the number one reason why people want to come to Forsyth if they have kids, is the school system. 
that drives the educated workforce that creates an opportunity for us as a community to, to create opportunities for these folks to live and work in our community so we'll, we're working on the work side we're working on that product development side but you start to see how this all kind of starts to work together well back in the day the main thing was if you if you had you know the businesses there the workers would come well the way that it really generates today is if you've got a good population mm -hmm. of the people that are qualified the businesses come that so is kind of done and, a flip. and the one thing i'll say right now there's been a lot of decisions that have happened recently around metro atlanta that goes to uh, uh, what can we do to attract that younger workforce and the, the the needs and wants of that younger workforce is dramatically different from you know from my generation absolutely uh, you have folks you know they're coming out of school they decide where they want to live and then they try to find a job you know that was never the case you you know you found the job and you followed and moved to where the job was uh, you know, and so I think that's one of the reasons I think it's very important for our, our housing project uh, you know, to be a success because I think we can leverage that to develop additional mixed-use developments of, you know, maybe not that scale because um, that's pretty large. Uh, but the whole idea is let's create these, you know, these walkable, you know, areas. We have a fantastic uh, uh, Big Creek Greenway. You know, there's other things that are up further up the Greenway that we can maybe, uh, you know, have some underdeveloped uh, uh, land that we can continue to grow and go after additional mixed-use opportunities to create those live-work environments that the young folks like, but at the same time, a lot of empty nesters like. A lot of the folks who are, don't want the yard anymore, their kids are off in college, you know, they really want the same thing. They want that walkability. So if you go after one, you really get the other. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that's been the, the you know, the, what's happened with the other developments around us. Oh, I totally agree. Well, Robert, we could probably go on here for an hour talking about Forsyth County and the different growth. And I think it's really important that Gwinnett, Gwinnett and Forsyth, basically, it's important that they work together because sure. they're sister counties. They're right here. They're both, uh, they're both growing. Uh, Gwinnett continues to grow like crazy. And Forsyth, with the growth and changeover from the, the rural, totally rural, to getting so much more of the business and the industrial and stuff and it's just so important that we all work together in this area. No, I agree. I mean, I, I try to have a good relationship with all of, our, all of my neighbors. Oh, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you a bunch for being here again. Um, well, thank you very much for inviting me. I want to throw a little little hello in there for uh, Sosby's Garage, who sponsors us. I know one of the things is, uh, you know, that I like about them is the dependability, the honesty, and the fairness. And one of the things that uh, I'll point out is if someone has a car or something that they want to get checked out they're thinking about buying you can't take it to a better place because they will do a 100 percent bumper to bumper check on it for you we were just looking at a car that we were looking at in marietta for a patrol car took it to him my guy that was driving it my operator said oh this is fantastic it's great it's not. he got there and he gave us three pages of three reasons why we didn't want to buy that car so that's again i think he charges like 85 dollars mm -hmm. to somebody to do that so it's awesome. So if you want somebody that's really honest, reliable, take a look at Sosby's Garage at 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville, Georgia. And their number is 678-825-2127. But I want to thank everybody for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. Remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning, or you can listen to our show anytime you want, including this one. Uh, by going to businessradiox.com, clicking on the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on Case in Point. Join us next week at 1130 when we'll talk with business leaders about their businesses and related security issues in today's world. Thanks again to my guests, Robert Long, and uh, for our producers, Mike and Trey. 
I'm Rick Strawn, and remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets.